Welcome to Their Very Best, the podcast where total amateurs make wild proclamations about the work of expert professional musicians, despite having no actual qualifications. I'm Waldron Faulkner, and tonight I am joined by special guest host, Tim Lindbergh, for wild, unsolicited opinions about Bob Marley. Yes, sir. Hey, thanks for coming back. Thanks for doing more. My pleasure. Glad to be here. Are you iry about being here? I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm pretty iry right now. Okay, good. Is it true that you have been partaking of uh, <laughs> Rastafari rituals in your no, office? No, for, no, okay, good. no, 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 no. We've got some mind up on. So setting the table, it's you and me. We're doing three and three. That means that if you have six or seven or 12 songs, you only get three, Tim. That's not really my strong suit. I know it isn't, but that's what we're doing. Okay. All right. And because I'm going to let you be the host host and I'll be the guest host or the secondary host. Sure. That means that I get to choose first. I'm worried about I'm worried about this. Just uh, are you thinking I'm going to? Yeah, there, there's a couple songs that like I really want to be my songs. And I'm I'm fearful and confident that you're going to steal at least one of them. But we'll just see how it goes. I don't think this first one will be one of your stolen ones, because I think it's kind of a dark horse. All right. Let's see how it goes. All right. All right. Are you familiar with the album Uprising? I am. There's a song on there called Work. Maybe I shouldn't have played this as my first song because one of the things I like about it is that it, it doesn't have that super strong sound on the two and four, that reggae um, crunch noise yeah. that we will hear over and over again in my other two picks. But this song doesn't do that. It does other stuff. It, it's got all the same parts to it, but it doesn't do, doesn't do exactly that uh, two and four thing. So this this record this was his last record before he died I think. I uh, don't know you could be right. This is not 19 this is 1980. Yeah. Um and I think I'm uh, yeah I'm, this is uh pre legend and this is the last album they recorded before he died. One thing I also like about this is that he's counting down the five days to go, four days to go in the week. And five days in the week doesn't balance as well as you would expect. So it it sort of puts you on hold for that last one day to go thing. And then you get to this. It's sort of a relief. It's the weekend. (laughs) Honestly, it it feels like the weekend. You get the vibra slap on the four. It's a great song. It really is. Listen to the piano. That piano sound can be hard to hear sometimes. It's all over these songs, having that piano and, and sometimes organ on the two and the four. Yeah. Um, and it can be hard to hear with all the other stuff that happens at the yeah, same yeah. time sometimes. Yep. So it's, it's nice to kind of hear it. 
I really pissed off the beast by trying to play the game we sometimes play, identify all the instruments you hear with this artist. I first, I tried to get her to do it one day in the car and then I tried, she wouldn't do it. And then I tried to get her to do it again in the car and she told me to just stop and <laughs> she was not having it. Well, it's a good pick, Waldron. I like it. Now, Bill would say that it'd be better if I took your picks so that you could have, you could go further in your list, right? I've got songs. I'm ready to go. Okay. Well, give me your, you know, ideally this would be your like third best song. You can go in any order you want, but you can, no, only, no. Tr- yep. you can only rely on having three songs. So if you leave one of your top three out, uh, yep. it's dangerous. It is. I'm, I'm worried, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to, <laughs> I'm gonna try to start with number three and I'll work my way up. So my first pick is Trenchtown Rock. Oh. 1971. That's old. Yep. Originally produced by Lee Scratch Perry. And uh, to me, this is just like definitive Bob Marley. One good thing about music when it hits It's also like, to me, the beginning of like his signature sound that you immediately know it's him as soon as you hear it. And there's a few different versions of this. There's like, this is the, I think this is the original studio version. And then there was, um, there was a live version on their 1975 live album that kind of, I think, became like the definitive version that everyone sort of listened to in the 70s and 80s. This record is so great and has one of the great opening lines in the history of music. What is the opening line? One good thing about music, when it hits, you feel no pain. <laughs> one good thing about music, when it hits, you feel no pain. You always go early, early with your artists. I like it. I do, yeah. I mean, not only is the rhythm of this song just so great and and the sound of it is so iconic but i just i love a great opening line and when you come in with something that lands that well it's hard for me not to love it and as i think about bob marley in my life and being in boarding school and listening to bob marley every day like this song is there was a there was like two albums that were really like and this is embarrassing in hindsight because like one of them was his greatest hits record right like legend legend, legend was and it was Legend and the live album. It didn't feel like a greatest hits, though, right? No, I agree. They're, I agree. Yeah. 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 Some yeah. of them don't feel like that, but Legend sort of gets a pass as a greatest hits, right? Totally. And so, yeah, Legend was one of them, and then the live album was the other one. And not only was it playing in my dorm room all day, every day, but every door you walked down, there was this like alternating cadence of. Bob Marley and Van Morrison and Grateful Dead and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beastie Boys and whatever else, but but like this this album and this song was just going all the time. Now, where your brother and I went to school, there was one person that I know of that is sort of like a cliche person that I think must have been at every school, and I think there was maybe only room for one in every school, and it's the white guy, not always with dreads, that has the like um, sure. red and green and. Yes, black yep. tam that yep. uh, sometimes they'll affect the uh, Jamaican accent, and uh, they you know they live the they live yeah. the music. 
Did you have yeah, one? Oh, yeah, I think we had two, but we were a little bit of a bigger school, so I think they have like a, a ratio. <laughs> it's like one per 500 students right. or whatever. But um, yeah, absolutely. I yeah. was kind of hoping you would be it, but uh, that <laughs> yeah, was too no. much to hope. No, no, no. <laughs> You're up, my friend. Well, I'm not, see. I'm scared. I'm scared now. Well, it's okay if I choose, if I make your if I call your song, then you can you can go deeper in your list. Sure. We're gonna play "Waiting in Vain" oh. from Exodus. Did I take one? It, no, but sort of. hear that on the two in the forest the piano in your right ear and it always has like a um like a guitar on the they're strumming the strings without really playing the notes but they are playing the notes just a little bit super staccato strummy that's what gives it that jank 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 sound you know honestly dude this song is so good I just love the way he sort of vamps on the... <laughs> I'm not going to... I'll try very hard not to sing along to him when the time <laughs> comes, but when he starts vamping on the the words, it's very improvisational, right? He plays with the melody. He plays with yep. how often he says the words. There's so many keyboards in these. You get an organ... Super staccato again, just the same way the piano is being played. Like these are no, none of these notes are being sustained. In the very beginning, you heard the organ playing a little melody line with sustained notes, but other than that, it's all just. Also, the drums, these uh, timbales. It's also like, it's a really well constructed song. You know what I mean? Like it's. It's got enough sort of breakdown in it, and I think it's one of his like best vocal performances. I agree um, totally. Yeah, his voice sounds fantastic, and 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 they 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 break down. And there's enough variance in the track. I just yeah, it's really powerful. I agree. It's a good pick. You know, many of our listeners might not be of a generation where they can remember a time when reggae was sort of the default music for any situation if you if you didn't know what to play you didn't know who was going to be at the party you didn't know what everybody liked this always worked <laughs> yeah, yeah every time yeah the other thing about bob marley which and we talked about this when we did stevie wonder there's just so much good music you know, and, and yeah. including including like his big hits were big hits for a reason. Like they're incredible pieces of music and you know, you could you could do a top three on basically every record he produced. When we were talking about Stevie Wonder, we were saying how Stevie Wonder is the uh, poster child for the clavinet. Like when you think of an yeah, instrument, yeah. you think yep. of that one artist really before you think of anybody else. And with Bob Marley, he is 
like he essentially is reggae for almost everybody, right? Yeah. Most people, if you just say reggae, the only thing, the only name they know is Bob Marley. And it's all you need to know. He's just so comprehensive. Yep. You can call yourself a reggae fan and you're really a Bob Marley fan. And whether you got into Yellow Man or Ziggy or, you know, Peter, Peter Tosh, Tosh or anyone else, yeah. you know, like um, a lot. I totally agree with you. I think a lot of people there, they're only experience of reggae music is Bob Marley and that's I can't think of another genre where that would be true all right Tim you're down to your second best song I don't think I'm going to steal any of your songs. I really don't. Because I, I don't think my number one song is going to register for you. I mean, I think it, you'll, you'll know it and like it, but I don't think it's going to be one of your top two. All right. So my, my second pick feels a little obvious, but I can't, I can't do my top three without the song in it, uh, which is Three Little Birds. Oh, that's on my list. <laughs> I love that. It's, uh, it's from Exodus. Okay. 1977. And it's like, I just can't hear this and not feel like every little thing is going to be all right. Don't worry about a thing. Because every little thing going to be all right. Singing Don't Worry. It's a great feeling song, and I love it for that. Yeah, at least seven or eight years ahead of Bobby McFerrin, right? Totally. Yeah, totally. Tim, it's time for a quiz. All right, let's do it. Okay, are you ready? Yep. I'm going to remind you of the names of the artists that you've covered with us, okay? Great. Alphabetically. Beastie Boys, De La Soul, we're doing Bob Marley right now, John Prine, The Roots, you joined us for Talk Talk, and for Stevie Wonder. Okay. okay. Yep. How many of those do you think are in the top 100 artists, the Rolling Stone top 100 artists list? Two. I think Bob Marley and the Beastie Boys. False. What? What is it? One? Is it just Bob Marley? Nope. The Beastie Boys are, are in it, and so is Stevie Wonder, and so is Bob Marley. Oh, right, Stevie. Of course, so Stevie. So two out of three yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Only yeah. 30, a third, one third false. Okay. All right. Part two of the test is to tell me, you. I want you to put them in order. I want you to add to that list the doors and tell me where they go in the order of that same list. So we've got Bob Marley. Last. <laughs> last. last. I mean, uh, you know, like, I went to boarding school. I... Everyone listened to The Doors, but like, The Doors are last on that list. And that's no disrespect to Jim Morrison, like, you know, like, but they're last. Are you going to disrespect The Lizard King? No, I, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan, but like, you know, he was a... He was an American poet, Tim. He was an American poet. He was, you know, uh, Bob Dylan, but a little higher. Okay, well, that's false. They're not last on the list. They are, in fact, in last order. on that list. Where would you put the doors? Oh, I would put them last on this list. Totally. But they're not. Wait, are we agreeing or are we not agreeing? I feel like... We're agreeing, but the, the quiz is, 
where does Rolling Stone put uh, the doors in this list? See, I misinterpreted that. I thought you were asking on from my list of the songs <laughs> no. of the artists I had covered, where would the doors fit? And I would say last. No, we're doing the Rolling Stone rankings. You're going to put... No, they you're they put probably them. got artificially inflated. They're like, you know, number... 24 or something like that, which is ridiculous, and they shouldn't be. The, the quiz is you have to put them in order. You, okay, we're going to put it uh, in uh, order of the Rolling Stones. Stevie, the Beastie Boys, Doors, Bob Marley. Beasties, and Bob Marley. Stevie Wonder goes first, then Bob Marley, then the Doors, then Beastie Boys. That is really very good. It's not 100% correct, but it's close. So Rolling Stone has Bob Marley. As number 11, top of the list of the artists that you've covered yeah, in yeah. their list of artists. Yeah. Stevie Wonder at 15, The Doors 41, and then Beastie Boys way down 77. That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Like, it's, it's Rolling Stone. I get it. It's fine. Don't worry about a thing. I'm going to play the song that I think is his very best song. You know what? I, I worry less about like actually coming up with the very best song when I'm not going to be declaring it. Sometimes I just want to say, you know, this is my very favorite. So you're going to be responsible for saying what the very best song is. All right. My very favorite is again from Uprising, which was um, is my pick for his very best album. And it's a song called Coming In From The Cold. Great sounds. Listen to the burbling noise of the organ. Honestly, my favorite things about Bob Marley and the Wailers is that they do, in fact, have because they were a ska band first, you know, and the, and they were not wholly separated from the universe of like soul music and rhythm and blues, like or gospel. Like they do have songs that go other places. still feel like reggae oh i love this song i love this song <laughs> listen in your left ear that i call it the reggae jank you can hear the piano in your right ear what are you hearing in your left ear you <laughs> <laughs> The reggae jank is just a super staccato guitar pick strum without actually playing the notes or not playing them very much. It's a great song. It should have been in my top 10. It's okay. I got you. And then the drums in this are so full. Like when I think of reggae drums, I think of those really super high timbales that seem to intro like 50% of songs. But 
in this song, he starts with some super low toms and some bass drum noises. And also, there is a clavinet in here. You love the clavinet. I do love the clavinet. You can kind of probably identify the clavinet noise. It's in your left ear. Well, you gave me like clavinet 101 on the Stevie Wonder episode, so. Another good vocal performance. Absolutely. Biggest, biggest man you ever, ever did see was once a baby. I'm mostly really relieved that you didn't pick my number one song. Um, I wonder if I should try to predict your number one song. Go ahead. You know me by now. Okay, let me take a look. It's not jamming. No, come on. It's not One Love. No, although, honestly, One Love is a great song and only doesn't make the list because it's like everybody's, you know, favorite song. But One Love is a great piece of music. It's not the redemption song. It is the redemption song. Oh, okay. Okay. It's not the redemption song. Redemption song. Sorry. My mistake. Should I predict whether or not you want the live one that's on Legend or the original from Uprising? I think I you want, want the live the origin- one. Oh. Gosh, I'm so wrong all the time. <laughs> you want the original from Uprising? I want the Uprising version. It's, it's, all, it's really, it's like almost folk music. And I just think this is a beautiful piece of art. All pirates, yes, they rob I. Sold I to the merchant ships Minutes after they took I From the bottomless pits Tim, why did they try? Who tried to kill him? Do you know about this? There was an assassination attempt. I know he left Jamaica and he went to England and that's where they finished Uprising. I could be wrong on this. I think this is the last song they recorded for that album. Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Cause all I ever have Redemption songs It's just like, it's obviously it's a powerful song And it's also just a beautiful song It's talking about emancipation of the mind you know, as a sort of antidote to slavery, physical and, and emotional and mental slavery. And I just, I think it's just incredibly powerful and um, has always struck me as just a really important song and a, and a beautifully made song at the same time. Good pick, Tim. Thanks. You know, Bill and I sometimes talk about the difference between like a song and a a piece of music, an arranged, composed piece of music. And the, yeah. and the difference is that, like, there are songs that, pieces of music, I should say, that are, like, some of my favorite, that are complex, that you wouldn't ever expect to have them be on anybody's... You couldn't cover them and do them right. justice. Like, it would right. be a joke. But when you have your... When your song 
is something that is performed just with your voice and a guitar, then you know you've got a song, yes. a pure yeah. song. Yeah, and, agreed. Uh, you know, that's what this is. It's, yeah, it's, it's art. Maybe equally uncoverable, I'm sure it's been covered three billion times, but I, I don't think it would lend itself to being covered any better than this original. Or his live ones, right? Yeah, I don't think agreed. anybody sang this better than him. No, and I don't think anyone should touch it. Right. There's songs you run into in your life that you just feel like are perfect. This song is untouchable. Just a part of it. We've got to fulfill the book. Won't you hear to sing? These songs of freedom is all I ever had. Redemption songs, all I ever had. I always thought the ending was just so strange and out of left field. It starts a bridge and then doesn't ever go anywhere with it. It's cool. Songs of freedom. The abrupt ending to Redemption Song like makes sense from uh, listening to an album beginning to end. You know, like the the sequencing of the next record, it like jumps right in. And uh, I agree, it sounds abrupt when you hear it in a vacuum, but but in the album, it makes a lot of sense. Turn your lights down low. Do we have time for like some honorable mentions here? Because there's a couple that could have made my list that did not. Yeah, I'll entertain a couple of honorable mentions. Great. What do you got? Turn your lights down low. Oh, that's a good one. I was hoping that you would choose this. It's because of the back the backup singers, okay? Because when they do their little... Oh! They have this crazy little... <laughs> sound you'll hear it in a second so also one of the background singers is his wife oh and this song is about his mistress oh <laughs> and that is emotionally complicated in a number of ways that he wrote a love song to his mistress and his wife was on board with being the background vocalist and she knew it wasn't about her Right. Which is interesting in a bunch of ways. If you get an honorable mention or a lightning round, I've got... <laughs> I can't help it. I'm going to play I Shot the Sheriff. I shot the sheriff. Because I feel like in the court case that I'll someday have to bring against Eric Clapton, <laughs> this is going to be evidence. When you steal other people's shit, that one? It's not just that it was stolen. And, and um, you know, he had a huge It was a cover song. It was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cover. But, like, this is so much better than his version of it that it's just evidence that uh, Eric Clapton is a fraud. Total fraud. Yeah, I hate I hate Eric Clapton. Me too. But but yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, agreed. Well, I say, 
That said, I did wonder if the podcast should cover Cream because I do love it. There's a ton of Clapton songs that especially Clapton performances that I love and they will be coming up in the podcast. Eric Clapton to me he's he he sits in my head in the same way Kanye West does. Where like Kanye has done music I like but I do not like Kanye West. Right. And I feel the same way about Eric Clapton. There's a ton of cream that's unbelievable. And as corny as it is, even like some of Eric Clapton's, the acoustic, MTV Unplugged, whatever, like there was good music in there. Mm. But I just don't like, I don't like him. I think I'd be easier, it'd be easier for me to tolerate Eric Clapton if he didn't have one of my least favorite songs of all time to his name. And this is not a Eric Clapton hatred podcast we're doing, but... We could do one, though. We should do one someday. Yeah. Yeah, their very worst episode. <laughs> Positive vibration. Sure. Earlier on. What album is this from? It's on the album Rastaman Vibration, 1976. Live if you want to live, Rastaman Vibration, yeah. Positive. That's what we got to give, I and I. Vibration, yeah. Positive. Got to have a good vibe, I am man. What else you got? Uh, also from 1976, War would be on my list. It's the same album. Until... The philosophy which old one race superior and another inferior. It's just, it's a very obviously, it's a powerful song. It's an evocative song. And permanently discredited. Very prosaic. He bounced back and forth, you know, between like. Three Little Birds right. <laughs> and songs like War or Burning and Looting uh, from 1973, which is a like a crazy powerful song. He could do fun, easy to digest music that everyone loved, but also could be political and timely and relevant in ways that were really important, I think. This song, is this, is this Love, is on my list because I love the melody of the guitar. Well, it is decided, I think, Tim. I think you've already decided. Can you make some proclamations? Are you willing to make proclamations? I am, but in like in my usual, like I'm not going to quite follow the rules. So, <laughs> so they're very best to me is Redemption Song. Right. And that's hard with a catalog this big with so much good music. Though I would say their best album is Exodus. Oh. Um, which I know might be unpopular, um, but, but that's how it breaks <laughs> for me. Well, you're the host. And while I, I know that you do like a fight, and I'm not sure that the fight that I'm willing to give you is going to be between Uprising and Exodus. I have a strong preference for Uprising, but I have to confess that that preference is not based on what I think is their very best, but rather what is nearest and dearest to my heart because that's the yeah. album I had, right? That's the beauty of music right there, my friend. Okay, well, this is where 
we would do all of the marketing talk. Lately, I've just been trying to send people to the website, Tim. I want them to go to the theirverybest.com website. Oh my gosh, there's a new feature. I have to show it to you. I have to share my screen and show it to you. Okay. This better be good. Theirverybest.com. So you're now seeing, I hope, the I website that you're so used to seeing. It's the yes. uh, Their Very Best site, the one you go to all the time. Every day. Um, there's a new feature, and it's in my Halls of Fame section. Sure. And what I've got is, you know the 27 Club, right? Yes. Actually, if I'm being honest, I have no idea what the 27 Club is. The 27 is. Club is the list of artists that died when they were 27. Oh. Jim Morrison... That's dark. Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, also Amy Winehouse. In fact, there are five artists that we've covered in the podcast who are members of the 27 Club. Did, did you use Mad, Mad Journey to make old people? Um, I actually used Doll E to make the ver their very best 77 Club. And it's the 27 Club with people who've been aged uh, 50 extra years. So here's Hendrix at age 77. And Kurt Cobain, Brian Jones, Elliot Smith, and Amy Winehouse. You can see them all age 77, according to an AI. This is dark. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. It's a little dark. So we've got all the socials, all the email addresses, all the rest of the stuff that we want for people to get in touch, all on the website, including the Their Very Best 77 Club. And you should also leave a review Tim, I know that you're always leaving five-star reviews, but they should be five stars only. I want to remind you, all your reviews, five stars only, okay? That's all I do. And uh, Tim, thanks, man. Thanks for doing another artist with us. Your body of work is growing and growing in this podcast. It is much, much appreciated. Really appreciate you doing it. It is fun, and I'm always happy to do it. Thanks for having me. All right, well, we're going to do more of these, so watch out. We'll be offering more unsolicited wrong opinions in the near future. I'm Waldron Faulkner, and thanks for listening to Their Very Best.